the Energizer Bunny just died. So with that, I'm going to go with old style. And Jesus taught them, saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. These are your words, O Lord, save us and sanctify us by your truth, for your word is truth. Amen. Our text for today begins this way. Now among those who went up to worship at the Passover feast were some Greeks, and they came to Philip, one of Jesus' disciples, and said, we wish to see Jesus. Now it seems rather strange that there was a group of Greeks who come to celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem. Why? Well, because it was a Jewish festival celebrating the great Exodus event of God setting his people free from bondage and slavery to Pharaoh in Egypt. So why would these Greeks come all the way to celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem if this was not a part of their Greek history? The reason? Because God's salvation history was beginning to spread its wings to include all people in Christ upon his cross. As St. Paul witnesses in the third chapter of Galatians, for as many of you who have been baptized into Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, neither male nor female. For if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to God's promise. Oh, how the Spirit of God had been at work, casting seeds of faith through teaching and healing ministry of Jesus for now some three years prior. And as was especially true of the Greek ethos and culture and their history, their great philosophies. These were people who were most likely seeking wisdom or truth in the form of rational principles or perhaps some propositions. But no, this teaching and healing of Jesus was not some propositional truth. It was personal. It was not some Socratic dictum of know thyself, Rather, it was outside the trappings of self. Remember what these Greeks said. We wish to see Jesus. And so as Jesus began to respond, it was as though their questions began to take on flesh and blood and lift them outside of themselves and their limits of reason. So how is it that Jesus responds to their question? How are they to truly see him? 
But five days later, where the enlightenment of the world was to be seen in a way that churned the values of the world on its head. The hour has now come for the Son of Man, says Jesus of himself, to be glorified. And how is this glorious truth to be revealed? Jesus continues, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now one can only imagine that such words seemed rather cryptic to the disciples, seemed rather odd. But after Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection, it made all the sense in the world. That is, what Jesus is saying here is that to truly see him, we wish to see Jesus. To witness God's way of salvation in the world is through his self-giving, his sacrificial death on the cross for all people. This grain of wheat that falls to the earth refers to Jesus' own very death on the cross and is then buried. But also, in his death and burial like a grain of wheat, there comes new life. That is his resurrection for each one of you here this day. St. Paul explains this well in 1 Corinthians 1.23. For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and a folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God unto salvation. As Jesus himself witnesses later in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life the way of forgiveness of sin and salvation. Again, this is not some propositional truth. It's personal in flesh and blood for you. It's not about the wisdom of understanding, but rather standing under the outstretched, enfolding arms of Christ, reaching out for each of you so how does the old, old story of salvation of this Passover week, now some 2,000 years ago, come home to us in a story of Christ's work in our day for this coming week? Let me share with you one of my favorite stories that's very close to my heart and I hope will come close to your hearts this day as well. It was spring 1982. For Kathy and I, it was my internship year, blessed by the gracious people who farmed the lush, green, rolling hills of western Wisconsin. Sunday morning worship had just concluded with the threefold tolling 
of the steeple bell at Colfax Lutheran Church. Then came the good mornings at the Narthex door to Mabel Johnson and Hazel Johnson, Clarence and Edna Johnson, the Bachelor Brothers Sig and Olaf Johnson. Getting the picture? Hmm? And then came a handshake that was absolutely bone-crushing. Good morning, Johan, said a larger-than-life man nicknamed Big Al, who could have stepped right off the pages of Jack and the Beanstalk as the giant, with a voice deeper than James Earl Jones. He had this vice-like grip that had developed over 60 years of milking several head of Holstein dairy cows. And man, with a grip like that, no wonder there's the story of a cow that jumped over the moon. <laughs> Ready to till that garden of yours tomorrow morning? Let's say 5 a.m. Okay then. Well, the next morning, sure enough, right at 5 a.m. straight up. I mean, that was me sitting straight up in bed at a blaring horn sounding from out back of the parsonage. I looked over at Kathy and groaned, you've got to be kidding me. Nope, there was Big Al, pulling up the alley with a monster of a rotor tiller in the back of his old Chevy pickup. About as much as I knew about a rotor tiller was that like a rotor rooter, if you lost control of either one, you were in for some deep doo-doo. So, much like something right out of Jesus' parables, Big Al was going to teach me about the art of tilling and planting and harvesting. Reminding me of the Genesis truth of our connection to the soil that's too often forgotten in our generation. Speaking about the very soil or humus of our humanity, the earthen stuff of life, and the sobering honesty of Ash Wednesday is, you recall, from dust you came, to dust you shall return. So Big Al and I tilled the soil together and planted the seed. And then we sat under a huge maple tree with a cup of coffee. Then Al let out this big sigh and then began to wax a wisdom that can only be born of a faith that's been filled by the experience of many years, years that have been buried deep into life. Al began by likening the seed that we just planted to pieces of human hope that faithfully await the morning sun, breaking through all earthly resistance, coming to life in full bloom, and are then harvested. He continued by quoting one of his favorite passages of scripture that we heard this morning in our gospel lesson. Unless a seed of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Then Big Al leaned over, pensively furling his big weathered brow. Fa tinker do, Johan, that is, what do you think? 
And so Al and I sat in silence under that big maple tree, resting a bit and simply enjoying the fresh morning breeze. Like a planted grain of wheat, there had been much dying in Big Al's life. He knew well what it meant to feel buried by grief at the death of his young son, who was stillborn. To feel buried by anger at the loss of his first farm during the Great Depression in the 30s. And yet it was in the very midst of these times, exactly when he felt buried deep into life, that Al witnessed the power of him whom we confess this day was crucified, died, and was buried. The very Son of God and Jesus who descended into the very hell and death of our broken human condition in order that we might walk in newness of life. We want to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus is the voice of the searching Greek in our text that also finds a home in our hearts as well. And it is to Jesus' cross that he would have us truly see him. As Martin Luther observed, it is ultimately at the cross, in the stretched out suffering of Christ, that we come to truly know the amazing lengths of God's love for us. Now, some 40 years later, these words of Big Al's, sown like seeds of wisdom into my life, have had a chance to germinate. And this is what I understand Al to have witnessed. That somehow, somewhere, very deep inside, we will only be fully satisfied when we give it all away, our whole life. And that takes a lifetime. Call to give our all like a planted seed and trust that in doing so, no matter how buried we might feel, God will use our lives to bear much fruit. And really, who knows better the risk of faith, of our ultimate dependency, than does a farmer. For you see, the mystery of life is that every time we die, every time we are buried by this or that sacrifice, we give. We give just a little more. And here we discover our deepest identity in giving ourselves as Christ gave himself for us. God so loved the world that he what? That he gave his only son to what? To die. And when I'm lifted up, says Jesus, I will lift all people unto myself. To conclude, it was now early September of 1982. The corn was standing tall around our little town of Colfax. The smell of freshly cut alfalfa and silage was in the air. A golden hue was now hanging lower over the silos. That magical, mystical season of autumn. 
where death and life come together. Late one afternoon, Al's wife Betty went out into the field to call Al in for supper. But the John Deere tractor stood idle. There's a quiet stillness that surrounded a big figure of a man sitting up against a maple tree, its leaves now red. Al had passed on. The seed had finally fallen to the ground. After the funeral service, a number of men got into their cars and their pickups and went back to Al's gravesite. These were men with whom Big Al had joked and laughed and baled hay together. They brought spades, sinking them deep into that black, rich Wisconsin soil, needing to put their backs into something solid as the tears pushed forward. The men filled the grave of their beloved friend. Now my funeral director friends like to use the polite expression of closing the grave. But I place my hope in another word. For I believe that Al was planted. Buried now even deeper into the life of his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we planted Big Al that day, that season of harvest like every farmer does. With every simple and audacious confidence that this planted seed will be raised to new life. Brothers and sisters in Christ, listen once more to these concluding words of St. Paul from our second lesson today. Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with Christ by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Amen.